you could do all those things, then you are creating a seductive vibe and getting to the point where she knows you're flirting with her. You're not going to be in the friend zone. She still may reject you, but you're not going to be in the friend zone. And at least it gives her this idea of, wow, this guy's super confident. And some women would just be attracted to that alone. Like, wow, this guy just had a balls come up to me and just totally flirt with me. Welcome to What I Love About Sex, where some incredible guests and I, Steph Kanowski, will be bringing you the tools for improving your sex life with topics such as sex issues with your partner, sexual self-confidence, premature ejaculation, sexual shame, masturbation, sharing your fetishes, orgasmic pleasure, and more. Sex is still so taboo, and I personally believe that by improving our understanding and communication skills around sex, we can enhance our own self-pleasure as well as deepening our long-term romantic relationships. So listen in, try to stay open-minded, and let's get started. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to the show. Hope you're doing well. I am thriving here in Austin, Texas, and I'm just loving life, man. Like, it is so different from New York City. Oh, I just feel like I can heal here. Like, I could be at peace here. It's super fun. There's all this outdoorsy stuff to do. Oh, man, just loving it. I love the new apartment. I love that Andrew and I actually have space to walk around. (laughs) It's just great. Overall, it's just great. So, um, yeah, I know a bunch of you guys have been asking about my health and... Really, it's just, it's getting better and better. It really is. Um, And Austin is really just helping that because I'm getting nature walks in every morning, which is super important to health. I'm also taking a lot of magnesium, which has, which is known to reduce stress on your body and um, help you sleep. There's actually like five different, I believe it's five, um, five to seven different types of magnesiums. So um, one I take before bed, three I take in the morning. Um... And yeah, besides that, just getting really good sleep. I'm reading every day. My current read is Lucille Ball's autobiography called Love Lucy. So I'm really getting into that so far. And it's cool because she was born the year before my Nana, who was my best friend growing up. And it's funny because the stories she's sharing are very similar to how my Nana would share stories and how she would talk about about life and like use the same language and the same names. So it's really cool. In a way, it's kind of like I'm, I'm, you know, getting back in touch with my grandmother. <laughs> so anyway, um, just feeling a lot better overall and falling back into a disciplined routine now that I'm feeling healthy. You really don't know what you got till it's gone. You know, I was talking to my friend the other day about this and we're just like, man, like, you know, you just take your health for granted when you have good health. You don't think twice about it. And then something happens and it's like, ah, <laughs> it's the end of the world. Because really, you know, if you don't have your energy and you're you're not feeling healthy, it's just so much can come on you. So if you are in a healthy place, you're good. And if you're not, please get the support you need. Take your magnesium, um, find a support system and a way to manage your stress, and you could do this, all right? So that is my word of support. 
Um, and what I'm excited to bring to you today is a lot of support around those of you who are still dating. I have a special guest here um, today that is going to speak more to you guys who are single and are trying to figure out, oh my god, these dating apps, these these dating apps suck. We're not going to talk too much about dating apps, but it's like to help you get better in person and to not have to rely on the apps, which I think is really important. But before I share who the guest is for today, I want to also share with you and remind you guys of my PE course. So if you are struggling with premature ejaculation and you're not understanding it, not understanding it when it comes to your own mind when you're, or your own body, and you want a better understanding, you want to figure out like, okay, why is it happening to me in the way it's happening to me? Because every guy's different. My course will help you understand how it relates to you. How does PE relate to your body and mind so that you understand the new habits you need to take to get out of the consistency of PE happening in your sex life. So check out my PE course. It's in the description. And let me help you overcome your premature ejaculation. All right, so let's get into today's interview with Trip Kramer. Trip is an international dating coach for men. He created his TED system, T-E-D, to help shy men confidently attract the women they desire. In his early years, he was a shy guy who figured out through trial and error how to get better at meeting, dating, and finding the right type of woman. He currently has a popular podcast on iTunes called How to Talk to Girls and has a book called Magnetic, which teaches all his secrets on dating and attraction. So let's welcome Trip to the show. Trip, thanks so much for being on. I'm really excited to talk to you today. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. So where to start? Um, I love having you on because you have so much knowledge around helping guys who are just getting out there. And um, you have a really good YouTube that covers a lot of demonstration content. So I just want the guys to know right away where they can find you on YouTube so they can actually see the demonstrations of certain things that I think you do a really great job with. Yeah, absolutely. So YouTube is just youtube.com slash TripAdvice, or you can search TripAdvice with two Ps. What I would do too, if you're looking for the demonstration content, when you go to my YouTube channel, sort by the most popular, you'll see in the top 30 videos, the ones that have obviously have have done the best, right? Are are the demonstration ones because guys really want to see that. So you'll find a lot of demos in those like top 30, top 50 videos. Cool. Awesome. Thanks, Trip. Yeah, no problem. Um, just quickly, what got you into this area of wanting to help guys with dating and, and approaching and confidence? Yeah, totally. It really comes from my own personal story. You know, I wasn't some guy who was, you know, really good with women or, or, you know, some sort of player or anything like that. I was like, oh, I should teach guys, you know, I'm so good. It really came from me being the guys that I help now. I was a guy who was really shy uh, growing up. I was not good with women. I was constantly in the friend zone, probably all the way up until like 24, 25 years old. So I would be able to get girlfriends, no problem, but they would never see me in any sort of romantic way. So that was a big issue of mine, you know, for a very long time. And it wasn't until I started to put what I call, you know, deliberate practice into learning seduction, learning attraction, learning what, what women wanted 
and and getting myself out there just talking to a lot of women until I started to see results. So I took a lot of extreme measures, I would say, you know, when I was like 23 years old, uh, I was going out, you know, most nights of the week when I lived in LA and going out and just trying to meet women and getting over my own issues, insecurities, lack of confidence, uh, getting over any sort of like shyness and approach anxiety. You know, this is a, this is a period where Tinder wasn't out yet, you know, so I wasn't able to, you know, really get easy dates. Like if you wanted to get a date in 2008, 2009, you had to leave your home and you need to go talk to women in the flesh. <laughs> talk to people in in the flesh. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so if you don't have a group already, cause I, I don't, I'm not from LA, I'm originally from Chicago. So in LA, I didn't have like a big group of people where, oh, you're invited to all these things all the time. You get opportunities to meet women. So I didn't have that either. So what was I supposed to do if I wanted to date? I had to go out and learn how to meet women. And it, and I make it sound like it was like a easy decision. Like one day I was like, oh, I should just go out and meet women. Like, no, this is a long process of me getting over, like I said, my insecurities and fears and pushing myself to be able to do that. So I learned so much. I It became like a weird hobby. I became obsessed with the material, the information. And that's what led me to then once I started getting results, naturally it just ended up leading to me helping guys and then being like, Oh, this is my calling. This is what I need to do. I need to do whatever I can in my life to help guys who are just like me. And, and I started trip advice and that's, that was back in 2011 and here we are today. So. Wow. Awesome. Was there any, like, was there any specific information or education that you followed? Like the game by Neil Strauss or like seduction by Robert Greene? Like, was there anything where you're like, I'm going to use this as guidance or did you kind of just like. hundred percent. I mean, the, the whole reason why I even thought of the idea to learn this stuff was from the game. Right. Mm. So I'm in, I'm in LA in 2006. My buddy goes, have you heard of this book? It's called the game. It's like all these pickup artists. And I was like, what are you talking about? You got to read this. This is really interesting. I read it. And like a million other guys who've done the same thing, I became obsessed. I was like, wait, you can learn this stuff. I was Mm. like, I want to learn this stuff. How do you get good at this? But it wasn't until maybe even two years after that, that I started to put it into practice. The problem was what was interesting is I was using all the the pickup artist stuff and it wasn't really working for me. Uh, I I just wasn't, I probably just wasn't doing it right. Or I just, I don't know. I was, I just came from my college where I was like, oh man, do I have to do more studying? Is this like a studying <laughs> thing? <laughs> right. So I was like yeah. making note cards for myself, like learning like big different pickup lines and memorizing routines. I was just, it got, I don't know. I, maybe I just got lazy, even though I wasn't, but I, I was lazy for that stuff. I was like, I don't want to study. This is, and memorize this stuff. It also felt very disingenuous. It felt weird to like memorize these lines and spit them out. I even did it a couple of times and the girls called me out immediately. They were like, is this a pickup line? Yeah. Is this like (laughs) a pickup line? And I was like, wait, the whole point of doing this is so they don't think it's that, oh my God, I'm fucking this up so bad. So, (laughs) so what ended up happening to to connect those two is uh, two pieces of my life was, I was like, you know what? I just need to go out and just talk to women and just see what the hell happens. 
I'm not going to learn any lines specifically. I'm just going to get rejected and make a fool of myself. And I don't give a shit anymore because I just want to, I just want to learn this. And I was had a very deep desire to do so. So yeah, I used, a, of course, like I was reading all that stuff. So there were some things that were being used, maybe some things with body language or flirting and things like that. So I, I use like a combination of things I learned plus my own, just, you know, fuck it mentality. Let's just see what happens. And then I started to see my own patterns. And then I, and then I came to a point where I was like, oh, I think I have a way better way of teaching this for guys like me who don't want to sit there and like memorize scripts and routines. Like there is a better way to do this that I just discovered from the combination of, okay, learning female nature, but then also just discovering it on my own. And that's what I've been teaching and, and have put together for guys. Mm. What would you say like the ratio is between more than just being yourself, but like how much of it is like learning strategy and certain tactics versus finding confidence in yourself? Like what's, is it more of like building on your own self-confidence or the opposite? I would say it's about 60 to 70% of building your own confidence. And, you know, when you, when a guy goes out and tries to meet a woman, he's really in his head on a date, on an approach, whatever, even, even over online dating, you're just in your head. You're just, Oh, what do I say next? What do I do? And so I believe that if I could magically wave a wand on a guy's head and remove the insecurities and doubts and overanalyzation, if I could just magically remove that from a guy, he would be able to get women no problem because most of the issue is in that. Now, of course, I don't think that's 100%. Like Most guys would do pretty well with women if we could do that. There is still some finesse some charisma because, you know, there are some guys who probably don't give a crap and are super confident, don't care, but maybe they're doing something still wrong that gets them in the friend zone or doesn't attract a woman. But most problems I believe would be solved if we could just magically remove that. Meaning, yeah, if you just feel confident and you have self-esteem and you like yourself, that's more than half the battle. But we are going through the process of dealing with all that stuff because we're dealing with people and there's a lot of psychology behind it. So all that stuff starts to arise a lot when we're trying to go over to that one girl in the coffee shop and say, hello, you know, a million different things are triggering in you when you're trying to go over and do that. So to answer that question, yeah, about 60 to 70% is not being yourself. I don't like that term. That's a mm -hmm. common term. Yeah, um, but the way that you put it is just like, yeah, just, being confident and liking yourself. If you can get to that point, learn a couple of little, a little tricks along the way and techniques, understand what women want. Boom. That's the whole formula right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause also when you think of like being yourself, if the way you've been being is not working, then you can't just be yourself. <laughs> you have to find new levels of confidence in yourself to, yeah, to trust yourself. Right. Yeah. And, and change what you're doing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So with you, with your approach, you must have gone through so much. I mean, first of all, what did you do to build that confidence? Cause I know there's like so many guys probably listening, like, okay, well, what did he actually do to be able to just go out there and say, fuck it? Like, I'm just gonna try this and see what happens. Like, can you can you give like maybe two um examples of specific strategies that you did to build confidence? 
Yeah, for sure. So one, one strategy was I just went out without having any care about what the outcome was going to be. So becoming outcome independent, right? Independent of what happens and caring what happens. I just started to go out, talk to women and get rejected and reframe how rejection works, get on the first date, second dates, reframe how rejection worked there if I ever got rejected. And that would start to build confidence because you'd start to learn, oh, wait, these rejections really don't matter. They're not a big deal. And then you start to build confidence because you're trying something new. You're, I like to say self-esteem is built upon the principle of keeping the promises that you make to yourself. So if you say, oh, okay, I'm going to get on a dating app. I'm going to swipe for 30 minutes a day. I'm going to go out and approach 10 women every week for the next eight weeks. And you do that successfully, even if you get rejected every single time and don't get a date, you're going to feel a little crappy. Like, why didn't I get a date out of that? But by the way, that's probably uh, small chances, but you're going to feel good that you're at least trying, you're doing something, you're keeping those promises. So you start to build confidence in the process because you start to get better at it. And then you start to feel more comfortable about yourself. And then on top of that, you start to learn about how you react to women and you start to realize, oh, it's not so much of a big deal if they reject me or don't like me. And hey, I'm going up to some of these women and yo, know, they're super cute, but you know what? I don't really like them. And then you're like, oh, what am I, what am I afraid of? Why am I so scared of this? It's like, there's women out there who maybe I don't want to be with. And then, so that would be strategy one is really just going out, uh, getting a lot of volume. It's just volume is the number one thing, swiping a lot, approaching a lot, getting as much as you can to then get good at that process. Okay. So that's strategy one. Mm -hmm. Strategy two is this is not a very quick fix, but it happens a little bit, maybe over time, or maybe it could happen within a couple of days. If you do this right, is you got to look at yourself and realize why am I a guy that's worthy of, of being with a woman? I think a lot of guys don't really think about that on a conscious level. I think we think about it on an unconscious uh, subconscious level because we maybe not might go up to that girl who's cute and we're scared because we just think that they're better than us because we don't really like ourselves. So we got to really think about what is it that makes us worthy of being with some, or no, I'm sorry, let me, let me rephrase that. What would make a woman be worthy of being with me, mm. right? Why is she worthy of being with me? What is it about me that is so special? So you might be able to come up with some of those things. You might sit down and go, oh, wait a minute. Uh, I'm super successful at work. I have great friends. I'm a cool guy. I'm fun to hang out with. I got a fun lifestyle. I've accomplished X, Y, Z in my life. I ran a marathon this time. I've gotten promotions at work. My friends like me. I don't know. You could just make a, a laundry list of things that you just like about yourself, right? This is self-esteem. Mm -hmm. And maybe within a couple of days, you're like, that. that's it. That's all you would need to be like, all right, yeah, I'm awesome. Why am I so, you know, afraid of being rejected or upset when I get rejected. And now, wow, I like myself so much. It's time for me to figure out if the women that I'm meeting are good enough to be with me, right? So this is just the idea of you being the prize. Now, for some guys, that might not be an overnight thing, right? You might kind of look at your life and go, well, I don't really have a lot of accomplishments. I haven't done a lot of things. I don't keep the promises that I make to myself. I am kind of a loser because I have nothing going on for myself. Well, then that should tell you that there's things that you should start doing. There's goals that you should start accomplishing. There's habits you should be putting in your life to uh, grow as an individual, right? Like that, that is, I think Tony Robbins talks a lot about this. Like that is what makes life worth living. Always trying to accomplish goals, always trying to achieve. And you start to 
become so confident in yourself because you see these achievements, you see it in the, in the real world. So a lot of this does come back to just personal development and understanding that you can. And by the way, this does not mean you have to run marathons or go to space or be a multimillionaire. That's not what I'm saying. Any guy has to achieve to have self-esteem. It could be literally anything. It could be just like, oh, I'm going to start working on my diet, my health. I'm going to start going to the gym a little bit, right? I'm going to start uh, you know, doing a side hustle so I can make a little bit more money. I'm going to have a goal to get out of my parents' house so I can have my own place. I'm going to have a goal to get my own place instead of having a roommate. I'm going to make a goal to um, you know, spend a little bit more time with friends, to travel a little bit more, to get outside of my comfort zone, to live a life that's worth living. And then you start to build confidence through that process. So those are, I would say, were the two the two strategies. I think one of the most important examples that you mentioned earlier is being a man of your word too, right? Because it's like, if that simply is the one goal. Yeah, yeah. Um, where it's like, you, you stick by what you say you're going to do, like you actually do it. I think that goal alone is can change someone's life, right? Because it's like, yeah. how often do we just say we're going to do things and then not stand by it? And then we lose trust in ourselves the more we do that. You know, and then I really, I really, I really think that we, we, I think that we actually feel better about ourselves through process than end achievement. Meaning, Mm. you know, let's say you, you want to lose 15 pounds. Okay. So there's things to do to do that. You got to go to the gym and you got to eat the right foods in the four weeks. Let's say that you try to do this. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I don't work in, in, uh, health and and losing weight and, and fi- fitness training. But I'm just saying, just hypothetically, whatever, two months, whatever it is. And the process that it takes to do that, you're going to feel better about yourself so much in that like 90% of your self-esteem is going to be built there. Then mm-hmm. the point when you finally get on the scale and go, oh, wow, I'm down 15 pounds. Of course, that's going to feel amazing because you accomplished the goal. But you're just mm-hmm. going to be feeling good along the way because of what you just said. You're going to the, you said you're going to go to the gym. So you go to the gym. You said you're going to eat healthy this week. So you did it. You kept the promises that you make to yourself. You start to feel good. This is what happened to me when I was going out and approaching women. I was going out and getting rejected a ton, but I was so happy that I was making goals out of it. Like, okay, I'm going to go out Friday night. I'm not going to drink any alcohol. I'm going to do this totally sober. And I was going to talk to a bunch of girls and I'd come home with maybe a number. That number would just turn into nothing. And I didn't give a shit because I felt good because I did the process and I'm seeing myself grow as an individual. Because that was hard and you leaned into it anyway. You know, you're like, I'm afraid of this. I'm going to do it anyway. And that's like so rewarding. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Let's get into approaching. Like as you were, you you put yourself out there, you're like, right, I'm going to commit to this. You're you're getting numbers. Um, what was What was the approach like that worked the best for you? Yeah, the approach that worked the best was never a pickup line. It was never something clever. It was usually the most boring line ever. And and it it evolved, you know. But basically what I teach guys today and what I was I was using a form of this back in the day when I was when I was learning, we're just going up to any woman and just saying, Hey, I wanted to come meet you. You know, before I in the back and and back in the day, it was a little bit of like, Hey, I thought you were cute. I wanted to come say hello. Now I've changed that a little bit and tweaked it to get rid of the compliment because I think that it actually works against you a little bit. So it's just Mm -hmm. like, now it's, Hey, I wanted to come meet you. I wanted to come say, hi, where are you from? You know, Mm -hmm. that approach right there shows a woman, a couple of things. One, wow, this guy's super confident. 
she'll just assume that even if you're freaking out on the inside, she's just going to assume that immediately. And also it makes it so she just like, oh, this guy's like a normal dude and women want that, right? You start doing cheesy pickup lines or trying to get too clever, too creative. I don't know. I think you're, I think you're, he knows you're reading a book or you're trying it out with everyone else there. (laughs) Yeah. Like across sketch. Yeah. Women aren't stupid. You know, they know it's like, okay, that's not the first time he's done this. Like he's just doing it with me. Um, I have a, it's funny. I have a, uh, a private Facebook group for the members of my community who have like my courses and go through coaching. It's a, it's called trips corner. And so people post stuff in there all the time. And, And speaking of what we're talking about here, a guy just posted recently a video of a guy doing what I thought is a pretty clever pickup line. Basically the guy goes up to the girl taps on her shoulder and says, Hey, my friend over there thinks you're cute. And the second that he's done saying that he runs over to like across the bar and then starts to wave at her as, as if like he's the friend. And so I saw that and I'm like, and some guy was like, Oh, should we try this? This might work. And immediately I was going to shut it down and be like, that's stupid. Don't do that. You don't need to do that. And then I thought, you know what? Just sure. Like try it, like go up and try. And if it works, it works and you can experiment. So I'm not against, I'm not against a hundred percent trying to do something like that might be actually funny. Like, yeah, that's cheesy, but that's actually kind of funny. Sure. Go and do that. At the end of the day, just say whatever. You know, if you're going to get, if any guy's listening to get any from this, like, oh, well, should I do the pickup line? Should I not? Like, which day? Just go up to her and start to say anything. If it, if, if it is a pickup line, you, you, you just, that's going to make you comfortable to start this process, then do it. Point of the matter is like, just go up to women and start conversation and see what happens. And that's what I did, you know? So it's hard to give you an answer. Like, what did I do that worked? I don't know. I did it all. I just talked to women. You know, if I saw something they were drinking, I'd comment on that. Something they were wearing, maybe I'd comment on that. And if you didn't have anything fancy to say, you just said, hey, I wanted to come over and talk to you. Exactly. Exactly. You know, that's the most important thing because uh, women very, very rarely will remember the opening line. If you don't believe me, try Mm -hmm. it out. Go up to a woman. And once you get into a a conversation and you do like a cold approach with a woman and you get a number, right before, right after you get her number, or, or or once you get the date, ask her, say, do you remember what I first said to you when we first started talking? <laughs> Nine times out of 10, she's going to say, oh, I have no idea. I don't remember. We just started talking. That's so true. Yeah. 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 It's funny because I feel like so many guys get hung up on the the pickup line or the the approach and they're like, I have to yep. be, and there's, a, there's this belief in guys that they have to be the entertainer and they have to entertain women and they get very resentful about it. And I'm like, whoa, 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 no one's saying that. You know, I know that sometimes it could be seem misleading when you're going through dating sites and, um, or apps and the women's like, you have to make me laugh. Like, which I don't think is the best, you know, thing that women should be putting on their pages. You have to make me laugh, you know, but, but, but a lot of guys are reading into that way too much to the point where they're like, I have to be an entertainer. Like I have to constantly be performing. And, um, and I think it's important for guys to know that, you know, a high quality woman, a very attractive woman, not all of them want to be entertained. Like, that's not a thing. Like, I don't know, as a woman, I never felt that a guy had to like entertain me or have some great line to like pick me up with. Like, I never thought about that. And if it was boring, but it was genuine, it was cool. Like it was great, you know? So I think every guy needs to get out of his head that he has to be an entertainer, especially with the approach. Yeah. Attraction doesn't come from entertainment. It it comes from 
a man being in the presence of a woman and being a man. That's it. I know I, I do have, it's funny because I have an attraction formula, which is called Ted. And one of the letters in Ted is E. It does stand for entertainment, but mm. it doesn't mean to entertain her. It means to have an entertaining and engaging conversation. Okay. Mm. So Ted okay. stands for tension, like sexual tension, entertainment, like an engaging conversation. And then D is dominance. So better to go into an interaction and entertain yourself. What's called self-amusement is just going into a conversation where you're having a good time. Because if you're having a good time, most likely she's going to have a good time. So yeah. if you can do that and have a fun conversation where it's like somewhat just interesting, but I'm agreeing with you, not in the way where you're like entertaining her and you have to make, make a funny joke and you have to, I don't know. Say you have to lead all the conversations and you have to like, you know, you right. have to bring her to this area. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's just more about like having a, having a fun time and making sure that you're having that time within it. Cause a lot of guys on a date or on an approach, they're more concerned about is she having a good time? And that energy yeah. is not a good energy to have. Like you go into that and you're going to be seemingly nervous. You're going to be in your head. You're not going to be really present. She's going to pick up on that. And it's probably going to not go the way you're, you're trying for it to go. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. I teach the same thing around sex too, because it's like, if you're never paying attention to what makes you feel good or what yep. you find fun in the bedroom and everything is about her, you're not going to show up in like the best way you can, you know, you're not going to show up with sexual confidence. You're going to show up with this hesitancy and uncertainty, and that's going to up level your anxiety. You know, it doesn't work for anyone. So, um, I like how you mentioned too, like, she's going to feel your energy. Like she's going to feel and, and kind of automatically match where you are energy wise. So if you go in very awkwardly intense and anxious, you know, she's not going to feel very comfortable in that conversation if you're leading there. So lead with what makes you feel most comfortable. Sure. Yeah, exactly. It's called the law of state transfer. You know, you mm -hmm. your your energy and the way you feel because we're human beings and we're very empathetic, we can pick up on that energy, right? It's like why it's why if you go into a room and a funeral and everyone's crying and you don't even know the person who died, you're going to feel somber because you're just around that energy. If you're on someone who's excited and having a good time, that can pick you up and make you feel like you're having a good time. So we pick up on those things. Definitely. Definitely. So now that you're, so let's say like he's approached, he's done whatever approach he can to get a conversation started. Um, the next step is being a little flirtatious, right? Like making sure that you're not giving off that immediate friend just a friend vibe, like giving little hints of, you know, romance and, and, uh, sex appeal. Um, so what does that look like for when you teach that to guys? Like what is the easiest way for them to just come across flirtatious so that they don't fear getting put in the friend zone right away? Great question. Especially because I just worked with a guy the other week and I coached him in person and we were discussing all of this. Okay. So we were working on him being more flirtatious when he goes up and approaches a woman on the street. So first things first, the good news is when you go to approach a woman on the street and you say, hey, two seconds, I wanted to come meet you. That's flirting right there. You're already creating a subtext of this is flirtatious because you're clearly there. She knows why you're there. You're going there because you're you're trying to pick her up. You're trying to grab her number. You're trying to 
connect with this person. So it's already there. Now, when you add in eye contact, so really good eye contact when you're talking to a woman. Also, when you add in, this is what we actually were working on for a good part of the day, which is going to sound funny and sound so simple, but guys have a really hard time with this, is just squaring up with her when you're talking to her. You go approach a girl at a bar or on the street, wherever. If you're coming in like a 45 degree angle, that's fine. But if you stay there, you're not creating this kind of bubble between you two. Like for example, you and I, I mean, I know we're on Zoom right now, but we are facing each other exactly, right? Like we're mirroring each other. We're facing each other. You got to get to that position because once you do that, you are saying to her, we are now in a conversation and it makes it that much more seductive versus like you go in and you know your your head is turned a little bit you're kind of looking over your shoulder and you're just kind of staying that way and you're more like shoulder to shoulder instead of mirroring her and i know this sounds crazy but the detail is so important even if you're like 10 degrees off even if i'm going to use some geometry here you're talking to her and it's an obtuse, uh, wait, obtuse? No, it would be an acute angle. Like if you're making an acute angle, like the mean, meaning there is that little curvature, there's more space between you and her. You're not perfectly facing her. Even like by five to 10 degrees, that is going to come off in the conversation almost as if like, how do I say this? There's so much going on in this little body language moment. Maybe you're not super confident. Okay, also maybe you're not, really in a conversation with this person is more casual. It's like, we want to take away any casual friendy kind of thing. We want to be facing them close to them, eye contact. And then, so that's all the kind of non-verbals. And then with the verbal stuff, I wouldn't overthink it too much. There's things you could do. Like you can tease the girl a little bit uh, back in the day. That'd be called a neg. Um, I don't really like the neg because that can actually backfire pretty harsh. So negging is more like really dissing her. But a tease is like lighter, you know, calling her a nerd or a dork if she says she loves to read books every day. But you're just messing with her, right? You're just like showing her like, hey, I'm not intimidated by you and I'm going to give you a little shit. We can play. I love that. You know, so you might do that a little bit in conversation. That's it. Not to overwhelm the guys there. If you could do all those things, then you are creating a seductive vibe and getting to the point where she knows you're flirting with her. You're not going to be in the friend zone. She still may reject you, but you're not going to be in the friend zone. And at least it gives her this idea of, wow, this guy's super confident. And some women would just be attracted to that alone. Like, wow, this guy just had a balls come up to me and just totally flirt with me. Mm, yeah, so true. And that's a really good point too, about like squaring off, like facing directly, because I'm just imagining it. And I, I just feel like there's more opportunity for her to like gaze away and like get distracted or feel the need to like open up because she's feeling awkward because she's not sure where he's coming from. So I could totally yep. see like the, the face on body language really making a difference. And then it's like, if she does reject you, then she flat out rejects you. I like versus her turning it into a friendship, you know, like, I feel like if you're half-assing it, like she may reject you romantically, but like, but be like, Hey, you should like hang out with like all my friends and like, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, right. like you're more likely to get tied into a friend thing. If you're not fully direct with like what you're trying to do, like seduce. Exactly. And also just, she's not saying this consciously, but she's not going to really understand what's going on. It's almost going to be, there's going to be almost a little confusion. 
this guy is coming up to me. He's not really looking at me. He seems yeah. kind of nervous. He's kind of off to the side a little bit. What's what exactly is happening here? That's what she's going to be thinking. I don't want any woman thinking that. I don't want her at, at all confused. I want her to, I'm, I like to teach more, more of a direct style. So I want her to know. So here's the thing. I want her to know by my body language, mm-hmm. I'm interested in you. I am attracted to you and I want you sexually. I want her to know that through the way that my body language is speaking. And then verbally, I'm not going to do the same thing. This is where the art comes in a little bit, right? Is, but I'm not going to be sitting there verbally just puking out compliments. Y'all, you're so beautiful. I'll be so excited to get your number. Like you're just kind of agreeing with everything she's saying. Like, oh, you like to travel to Greece. I love that. I've always wanted to go there. You know, you're just being super nice guy. That's not Mm going to work. So it's like you bring in the attention with your body language and then you leave the mystery when you're talking to her. Does that make sense? Mm. So what's an example of leaving mystery when you just gave an example of being too nice guy What's like a mystery example? So teasing her, that's going to make her be like, oh, wait, hold on. He's like teasing me. Is he, is this, he's flirting with me. Is this, does he like me? Does he not like me? Okay. No compliments. So that's not really something to do. I guess it's more like you're leaving that out. So you're not complimenting her at all. Um, you want to challenge her a little bit. You want to actually disagree with her. Hopefully not on purpose, you know, don't lie. But if there's something that she says that you don't agree with, like shout that out, you know, say that like she goes, oh, I, you know, I I hate going to baseball games. They're so boring. Don't be like, yeah, I get it. I like baseball games, but like, yeah, I get how it could be boring. Mm -hmm. That's really lame, right? Instead say, wait, what? You don't look, okay, you haven't been to enough baseball games. Baseball is so fun. That is like the most fun thing ever. Okay, well, let me guess. You're probably sitting at home watching Netflix. You're totally lame, aren't you? Right? I don't know. I just kind of came up with that on the spot, but teasing yeah, her yeah. a little bit and making it seem almost as if like she's not 100% good enough for you yet. You're qualifying her. You're you're letting her know I'm not easy. I'm not just going to because what's the opposite of that? Lots of compliments, showing lots of verbal affection, everything catering to her. Yeah. Yes, you want a little you you want well, a lot, you want to allow a little bit of chase there, right? So again, doing that through not complimenting, teasing a little bit, not agreeing with her all the way on things, and and, and just making it a more playful environment, and not letting her really one hundred percent know how interested you are. However, of course, we can't go too far over the edge with that. Eventually, you are going to ask her for her number. You're going to ask her on a date, but. I've also, um, I had a guy who who wrote into my podcast. I do a Q and A where people write in questions and a guy wrote me and he, he wrote in the exact text message that he sent to a girl and that after they went on a date, it was like, Hey, I just, I don't know how you feel, but like, I want another chance with you. I feel like I was kind of nervous. I'd love to see you again, right? You're kind of cringing. I can see it. You know, <laughs> trying not to. <laughs> you know, you were, you're so at least word for word. This is like, you're so pretty. And, and I just got intimidated by that. You don't want to do that. You want to do the exact opposite of that, right? Not puking up all your feelings for her. I like mm-hmm. to say actions speak louder than words. So you want to be more uh, leading. You want to lead the interaction. You want to ask her on the date, pick the date, pick the place, 
go for the kiss, make the sexual move, you know, all those things. You want to be leading all that process. That's how you'll show you're interested, but you're not going to be texting her all day, asking how she's doing, what's going on, getting these long text message conversations. You really just want to show her you're interested through those few actions of just leading. Hmm. Yeah, that's there was a lot there. That was a lot. Yeah, no, that was a lot, but that was good because I think there's this this fine line between, you know, being I don't even know if it's a fine line, but like I think guys have a hard time differentiating like being honest, um, which in one way we can say honesty is the example you gave of being at the bar of like, what do you mean? Baseball's amazing. What are you talking about? Like, I love baseball, you know, and like standing by your truth. Um, and then there's honesty where it's like, how did you feel about the whole day? And like, you know, so it's like, how do you, how would you differentiate those two to make it very clear for guys where how like they're, they're two ways of being honest, but they're very different. So you mean in, in, in what cases of being like, this guy is probably sent this text because he's like, oh, I should tell her how I feel and be honest. Yeah. And then he and like you, word vomits all this stuff that is not attractive. Yeah, totally. Don't ever tell her, tell her how you feel. Actions speak louder than words. Okay. Just so you're just saying don't... stick with actions and yeah, she'll know. Out. She'll know. Hmm. What are you going to do? I mean, I, I, I guess eventually you say, I love you, but you know, that's a long, that's a long road to get to that point, probably six months, maybe till you get to that point. So yeah. what do you do? I like you. I love spending time with you. Women say they want to hear that and, but they don't really want to hear that. And there's a lot of room. There's just a lot of room for error. A woman mm -hmm. is never going to be confused or not in your intentions. If you're asking her on dates planning meetups. She would be insane to talk to her friends and go, I don't know if he likes me. Like what? When's the mm. last time you guys hung out? Oh, two nights ago. Did you guys sleep together? Yeah. Is he like a gentleman? Is he? A yeah, totally. Are you guys planning? Are you guys seeing each other again? Oh yeah. We have a date next week. Does he mm. text you at 2 AM just to hook up? No, we go on dinner dates. Are they nice dinner dates? Yeah. We went out to a nice restaurant. It's like, what do you want? You know what I mean? It's like, he likes you. <laughs> yeah. He's interested. Um, wow. That's so, that's so interesting. Cause like, as you're saying, I'd never thought of this. And like, as you're saying it, I'm thinking of like when things started between my boyfriend and I a couple of years ago, where it was like, he didn't tell me any feeling things ever, but his actions said otherwise, like his actions were always, he was, he was always there for me, like taking me out, like treating me really well. And that's why I never doubted him, but it, it left me curious about him. Like he was still kind of mysterious because he left out. And the, I bet you that that sucked you in even more. And it probably oh, yeah. did because he's still your boyfriend, right? Yeah. And he still does that. Like, is, so he still sucks me. Like that's his way of still like keeping me on my toes. Like I just never. Yeah. This is women. Women like the chase. They want, here's the thing. Men don't like to chase. Men don't like it. Like they hate it. Like it's annoying. It, it's, it's cause we have to do it. First of all, we have to, do, we, if you don't know game and, and, and all that, we have to do it a lot and we would just like it easy. You know, we don't like hard to get, we would honestly just want a girl to text us back quick, show up when we want them to show up, hang out with us, sleep with us when we want to sleep with them. We don't like that chase. It, it just annoys us. Okay. For women, they actually like it. Whether, whether they say so or not, they like it because you know why? 
because most guys are chasing them. So when they finally get an opportunity to chase a guy, they start to respect him. They go, oh, wait a minute. This guy's not so easy because I got all these other dudes, Billy and, you know, whoever trying to come at me, compliment me all the time. It's so easy. It's easy. Women don't want that. They want the guy that's a little bit hard to get, that they can keep on chasing. Of course, you go too far, and then the woman's going to be like, well, this is too hard to get. I'm out. This guy doesn't like me. But dangling the carrot a little bit, that's what keeps them wanting more. It's even like sex. I know you talk a lot about sex, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, for both men and women, building sexual tension in the bedroom is definitely fun. But women like it a lot more. A guy can just be like, oh, I'm ready to go. You know, but a woman, as you know, takes a little bit longer. They got to be warmed up. Lots of foreplay, lots of verbal things happening. It's not necessarily all the time. So it can be sometimes, but it's not quick for them. There's a whole process there. This is where men and women are just a lot different is mm -hmm. it takes more to build it for a woman. A guy is a little bit more ready. And I think that and it's not exactly the same as the as the dating scenario, but th they're similar. Just to give you an yeah. example of what it's like for for men and women, what, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I I totally agree with that. I also agree that I mean, research has backed up that women are more likely to want novelty and change in the sex life more than men do. Um, so they're yeah. even you know chasing through through change in that way. I would even go as far to say, not even just in sex, but I think in life, I think mm -hmm. guys are more simple. Women like more variety. So I know we were going to talk a little bit about, about relationships because you have guys who listen who are, who are in relationships, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, I get this question a lot of, okay, trip. I get it. I get it. Okay. This is how you get a girl. Like what happens after that? What are you supposed to do? And a lot of guys also will not ask that question because they'll think I got the girl game over, mm. but really you have to keep on doing the same things that you were doing. And a lot of this comes in the form of variety. Women do like variety. You know, a lot of, a lot of relationships, you know, guys might get kind of lazy and just kind of, you know, get into the routine and, and this is what kills a lot of the sexual tension in relationships as you get into routine and it's really boring. This is why when you go on vacation, you tend to have a bunch of sex. Like, why are we having more vacation sex we do at home? It's mm -hmm. because you're, you're in this new environment. It's like new, it's exciting. And, and you know, you mm -hmm. get these spikes of emotions and then you get turned on because things have changed. So in a relationship, if you want to keep the spark there, not just even sexually, but even just the spark in general, just the attraction going, you need variety. You need to be doing new things. You need to, even though there might be a routine, you got to try a new restaurant every month. You got to go on little trips here and there. You got to, you know, send her flowers on a random occasion, like get her excited a little bit. I tell guys, it, you know, it takes a little bit of work for guys. We're a little bit more simple, you know, come home, peace, quiet, maybe watch some TV, relax, have some food, whatever, hang with your, your person, maybe connect a little bit and we're good. For women, they need a little bit more stimulation. This is why women complain. Oh, he was—he never shows me his emotions. He's never vulnerable with me. It's because they're just bored. They just get bored in relationships very easily. Now, in the first couple of years, easy peasy because everything's new. You're going mm -hmm. to so many new places. You're learning the person for uh, all these different things. You're learning about them that are, that are being discovered. You're just 
you know, having the first sex you've ever had with the person. So that's exciting. That's different. So it's easy at that point. But once you get into the long relationships or the deep marriages, that's where it takes work to make sure things have more variety and more excitement in them. It doesn't have to be every day, but at least once in a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In the smallest of ways, like you said, like the flower example, like, you know, buying your partner a certain food, if you know, they really like it, you know, those little things of appreciation and like, Oh, you did this for me. Oh, wow. That was nice. You know, those little hints of like, Oh, you normally don't do that. Cool. Right. right. I just made a connection. If you want, if I can share with you, Yeah. I know I'm taking, I'm I'm talking a lot, but I just made like a connection in my brain. I'm going to start to talk about this. I just realized too, Okay, so if we're if we're going with the theory that you need variety in a relationship to keep things exciting, okay, assuming that is true, then that means so so the question might be like, well, why isn't that happening in a lot of relationships? So some answers might be, well, people get lazy, you know, whatever, or you have kids and it's like, ah, oh, this is hard. Like I gotta do that. I gotta raise the kid and I gotta do the relationship thing. Right. So obviously, like things get a little bit more tough, but then also. What I believe happens in relationships are there's things that happen in a relationship that that sort of degrade the relationship over time. Maybe someone feels contempt for another person in the relationship. They start to lose respect for them a little bit. Um, they they start to feel, I don't know, more entitled in, in a relationship. They start to just kind of lose that respect. Like things build up over time that maybe you don't talk about. So you're not you know, some people in relationships will let things fester for so long and resentment. That's the word I've been looking for. They feel resentful and they don't, they don't talk to their partner about that. But also think about what's happening. If you're starting to feel resentful because your girlfriend's, I don't know, not, um, you know, not doing the things that she said she was going to do in a relationship, or maybe the guy is, you know, not doing the chores around the house that he's supposed to do. All this resentment builds up, contempt builds up. How much in those moments do you want to do something fun with your partner? Are mm-hmm. you trying or accept? Like, right? No. No. Instead, you're just kind of secretly resenting them, kind of upset. So, but you don't want to have the conversation with them about it. But so that's the point. At that point, you're definitely not doing something fun. You're not going, hey, let's go and try a new restaurant. You're just like, oh, kind of get me away from this person. So then it just starts to go downhill fast. Anyways, that was a connection I kind of made is that variety thing is happening even less and it's harder to achieve that relationship. If you're you're not communicating, Um, especially if you're not, and a lot of the times that communication, it like needs to be around the staleness of the relationship, you know, and people are so afraid to have that conversation. So they don't. And now it's like the big elephant in the room that no one's addressing and the routine is staying on top of that. So it's even more frustrating, like you said, and then it's so hard to get to that conversation to actually create newness. Yes. So. So yeah, that's why like, I mean, half of my podcasts on this show that half of the episodes are just solely about communication because it's like, if you're not talking to your partner, like you can't do the things that are so necessary to to use mystery and regain, you know, that, that sexual desire that you, that you lose very, like, it's very normal to lose it unless you're creating, you know, when you stop creating, it's gone. Yeah. Everything's paused at that point until you, until you get on the same level. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a cool connection. Um, 
So let's go into, how are you doing on time? Are you okay? Um, I kind of have to go in six minutes. Okay. Can we uh, talk how- about the touch barrier really quick? Yes, we can. We can for sure. Okay. All right. So let's go into um, how to break the touch barrier respectfully. Cause you know, you talk, yes. I love how you're talking about body language and taking, you know, having that mean so much through these simple body language shifts. So when you're actually about to physically touch, what is the the best way to go about that? Okay. A few moves that a guy can use really simple. I'll call it the touch, the light touch, um, the hand touch and the hug. Okay. So when you're talking to a, this, this could be, I'm just going to say this is for an approach. Okay. You're not really doing this necessarily on a date. You might be a little, you might be a little bit, but maybe not as much. But when you first meet a woman on a cold approach to break the touch barrier, I really like the, so the first thing I said is the light touch, which is just a touch on their arm or their elbow or their bicep or their shoulder. It's like a light touch that you do when you're making a point in conversation. So for example, let's go back to what we said earlier of like, wait, you don't like to go, you don't like to go to baseball games. So if I'm saying that I'm like exclaiming that a good move would be to just lightly touch her with the back of my hand on her bicep, on her, her elbow, on her shoulder, somewhere around there. It's Mm -hmm. like, wait, you don't like to go to baseball games. What you say that as you're touching her. So anything that you might be saying out of something you're exclaiming or something you're explaining, whatever it may be, the light touch helps break the touch barrier. Another thing you can do, this is going to sound cheesy, guys. Please bear with me. It works very well. And when it's happening in the moment, it's not as cheesy as it sounds. You're going to do this kind of like hand grab high five. Okay. So if she says something that you like or that you do agree with, or that's something that excites you in the conversation, you kind of put your hand up as like you're going to high five her, but you're not going to like slap her hand. You're just going to kind of put your hand like you're going to give her a high five and you kind of just grab her hand ever so lightly. And then you just kind of let go. So it's kind of like what would be a high five, but it's not a high five. It's like a grab of the hand. Are you lacing way. fingers or are you just like- No, no like lacing grabbing fingers. Grabbing and light, lightly dropping. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Just kind of a-, a, a not interlacing fingers, hand, light hand hold. Okay. If that, if that makes sense. Yeah. If you want demos, all of this is on my YouTube channel. Um, and then the other one is- I like that one. That one's cute. I like that. Yeah, it, it works. It works very well. Um, and then the hug, right? So hug usually maybe halfway into conversation or at the, at for, for sure at the end, if you guys have connected and you got her number. Okay. So when, so you know, the context at the end of a conversation, you know, you just hug someone that's pretty normal. Where would you do this? Maybe in the middle of conversation, if you're, let's say at a bar talking to her energy is high up again, same thing. She says something you like, you can say, all right, get over here. And then you go for a hug because off of something that she said, and here's Mm -hmm. the, I don't want to get too, I don't want to make this too complicated. Um, Flirting is not rational. You can do the opposite and the most counterintuitive shit that's really fun with flirting. So for example, if she says, okay, I don't like to go to, I don't like to go to baseball games. We'll just keep that example. You can actually go in for a hug. You can get away with this. Like it doesn't have to make sense. You can go in for the hug and say, oh my God, you don't like to go to baseball games. Oh, we're never going to get along. And you go for a hug and then you release. Or like you put your hand around her 
And I know that sounds funny because it's like, why would you go and give someone a hug when they said something that you that makes you different? It just doesn't matter. It's just playful. You're just kind of messing around, right? And here's the, so that's that's the kind of cool thing about it is when you're okay, confident, say, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it right, all makes exactly. sense. Exactly. <laughs> it all just yes, I love that. It all just makes sense. Exactly. So that means that you can really use all this flirting. You don't have to sit there going, I got to wait for her to say something I like. I got to wait for, you know, that's when I can do the handhold. That's when I can do the hug or whatever. It doesn't matter. She can say whatever and you can just go for the little handhold. You can go for the little hug because you're just being playful and you're just confident and you're owning it. I like that you said that. Mm, Love that. What's it? What's it? How would you describe going in for a hug? Because I've had hugs from guys that were like this side half-assed thing and it was so awkward and like such a turnoff actually um like what's like a ma- what's like a confident masculine way to hug in these circumstances okay so it's funny i actually have a video called how to hug a girl so if you want to see the demonstration <laughs> it's in the top 50 um <laughs> i love it well i'll just say this so if you're doing the flirty thing when you guys haven't you know you've been talking to her for three to five minutes you can get away with that like if you do the side thing, maybe not fully side thing, that's a little weird because then you'd have to literally turn your body to do a side hug. So maybe you're not doing that, but you're just kind of, it's hard to explain because it doesn't really matter as much. It's like you're just- Yeah, I could see that like in, in the middle of a con- while you're talking, that would work. But just, like the ending putting, pr- hug, it's- Okay, so the yeah, the ending hug, that's that's what I demonstrate in the video. The ending hug is going to be, um, you want to go under her and you want to connect bodies. So you want to make sure like mm. your chests are touching each other when you're going mm. for the hug and you wrap your arms around her and you do it. Um, it doesn't matter too much if your hands are over her, but there's something a little bit more masculine when her hands are over yours. So you're going underneath her armpits for the squeeze. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, but when you're flirting, you can throw in kind of a light little hug or just kind of pull her in for a little hug, you know, like something like that, just because you're just starting to build rapport. So you're not going to do in something that approach, yeah. something as intimate as the one I just described a second ago. Yeah. Okay. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Oh, this is great. Oh, the guys are going to love this. Um, thank you so much, Trip. This is amazing. Yeah. You're so welcome. Fun thank you for, you. thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You're welcome. So where can the guys find you besides your YouTube, which is trip advice? Yes. So if you listen to podcasts, you like podcasts, my podcast is called how to talk to girls. It's on all the platforms. If you are, um, yeah, if you're interested in getting help, you can go to tripadvicecoaching.com. So we're doing calls with guys where, you know, we strategize with you on your dating life. They're free calls and we just chat with you. And then we figure out what's going on with your dating life and then where we can help you. And then we'll tell you about our different coaching programs that we have that can get you to the point where you're getting more matches, meeting more women, getting more dates, becoming more confident, and just having a ton more choice with meeting and attracting women. So yeah, that's tripadvicecoaching.com. Otherwise, yeah, check me out on, on really all the socials just under TripAdvice. Cool. Thanks, Trip. Thank you. I hope this episode helped you. If it did, I would love for you to leave me an iTunes review. It would mean the world to me. You can also screenshot your favorite episodes and tag me on Instagram at Steph Ganowski. And before I go, remember, your sex life is as good as you make it out to be. Until next time.